It's a short week for the Boilermakers to recover as Wisconsin comes to Rossade Friday night following Purdue's home loss to Syracuse. The Boilermakers need quick fixes. Kyle Charters with Tom Deanhart for Gold and Black Radio. Designing and building since 1968, TNW has changed the way people think about construction. TNW's three-stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's people, passion, and projects at TWDesignBuild.com. Experience unparalleled comfort, service, and cuisine at the Whitaker Inn. This Midwestern oasis is perfect for a relaxing staycation or weekend getaway. Escape from the ordinary at the Whitaker Inn. Tom, a short week for the Boilermakers. Wisconsin coming up uh, this Friday, again, under the lights in Ross-Aid Stadium. Purdue coming off a loss at home, now 0-2 on the season. Uh, back here in West Lafayette, falling to Syracuse on Saturday night. Man, it just it, it feels like, and, and maybe this is an indication of sort of what Purdue is right now, but and it seems like this could be the case for us all season long, where we're just going to be swinging from one direction to the next on this, on this Purdue team. Uh, because you come off a, a week one loss in which, in my opinion, you felt like Purdue did some good things, but not enough good things to win. Uh, and then you get a victory at Virginia Tech. Although in a game, like I said last week, that Purdue didn't really play all that great for that long. Played, what, 35 minutes of good football, it seemed like, yeah. and just did enough to get the win. And then, you know, return <clears> home and, and clearly uh, mistakes. I mean, that was the, the story, right? Uh, just too many uh turnovers uh ball on the ground too often too many penalties albeit some of those uh questionable i mean they're questionable penalties on both teams in my opinion perhaps the ones hurt purdue a little bit more uh but penalties nonetheless and all that adds up uh to a loss against a team probably that was a little bit better than what uh, we gave it credit for going in yeah i guess now we know why Syracuse was what, about a two-and-a-half-point favorite. They certainly did look good, Kyle. Garrett Schrader, the quarterback, my gosh. Purdue made him look like a Heisman Trophy contender with the way he ran the football. Four rushing touchdowns, I think almost 200 yards by himself on the ground. So, yeah, I think we all can agree Purdue's a work in progress. And we've seen some good. We've seen some bad through three games. The non-conference is over. Here comes mighty Wisconsin, Kyle. Of course, Purdue hasn't beaten the Badgers in West Lafayette since Joe Taylor's first season in 1997. Think about that for a second. But, yeah, the uh, now's, now's when you really find out about um, coaching staff and players coming off a tough game like this. Short week, like you said. Can't Purdue get things buttoned up on both sides of the ball. Uh, it's going to be very inter- interesting to see uh, uh, what we, uh, we uh, witness on Friday night here. Yeah, the turnovers were problematic, and it, it's just weird that Purdue did not have uh, any of those in the first couple of weeks, and then all of a sudden this became uh, not only an issue, but but in this game at least became a big issue. What do you think like is addressed here this week in terms of of the turnovers? Because it's not as if you can point necessarily to any one spot. They they came in bunches and they came at critical spots and uh, really prevented Purdue from having any opportunity, even though it got itself back in the game in the second half from really being able to get a victory. Yeah, it started on the first drive of the game, right? They, I think they turned back Syracuse, then marched down and uh, went for it on fourth and one, fumbled, 
and off and away Purdue was with its turnover fest. Four overall for the game, three lost fumbles, one interception. The interception was a tip pass. But again, still four turnovers, Kyle. As you said, there were no turnovers the first two games. So that uh, that bugaboo struck. Uh, seven fumbles, Kyle Charter. Seven fumbles. Jeez. Three lost. Devin Mockaby really struggled holding on to the ball. And then the penalties, right? You mentioned that briefly. 11 penalties for Purdue. Yes, there were some dubious calls. Some of the, uh, you know, roughing the passer calls. Oh, man. And then the PIs, too. So penalties, turnovers, you name it, breakdowns. It was a long night for Purdue on, on both sides of the ball. Yeah, we went, yeah, it certainly was. We we went into the week feeling like we'd learn uh, more about Purdue and, and what it was. I'm not sure if that's the case or not, other than we know – that this Purdue team is one that has a, a a razor thin margin for error and and will have that throughout the season. I maintain that they're going to be in a lot of games. Uh, yeah. That the, every game is going to be close. We have we have seen that now through three weeks. Uh, I think we will see it this week. I think we'll see it the week after that. Uh, I would venture to say we'll see it in in about every week, maybe aside from from one, uh, perhaps or two, uh, <laughs> but. They, they just don't have a, a large margin for error. No, you got Ohio State, Michigan, and Iowa. But that right there, Kyle, two, three pretty tough ones that still loom. So you're right. Um, margin for error is going to be slim. You can't beat yourself. Producer certainly did a good job of doing that on Saturday night. I guess we have to remember, again, a new coaching staff, a lot of new personnel, new schemes. So there's a lot of newness across the board, but still – the penalties and turnovers really have nothing to do with newness or, or a new staff. Uh, a lot of that's just attention to detail and staying sharp and staying focused. So anyway, that, that was a little disappointing. I think um, you can sometimes take maybe breakdowns and, and then and maybe some schemes and, and plays and whatnot. But again, some of that other stuff uh, really doesn't matter how long you've been together. So yeah, the offense has really been imp- uh, interesting. It's sort of gone in fits and starts. A lot of people are having questions about really what the identity of the offense is. They're, they're, they're uh, you know, want to have some prolonged stretches of, of, of just, you know, empty drive after empty drive. And um, we saw some real issues running the football this last week. Yeah. And we saw Hudson Carter get a little bit more involved. And also what's interesting, Kyle, is they're really a very tight rotation at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. They're basically just playing three receivers. You know, Sheffield – you seen in Burks and every offensive lineman plays every snap as well. Just, just not, they're not using a lot of personnel. So they're playing who they think are, are the best players. So that's been interesting. And also a big revelation through, through three weeks, just Max Claire tied in, right? Uh, may, maybe that's one of the brightest spots, I think so far from the offense and, you know, Hudson card, Kyle, I think Hudson card has been pretty good. Has he been great? I don't think so. I'd love to see what you think of Hudson Card. I'm, I guess I'm still sort of waiting for him to take his game to, to a whole other level here. Yeah, I think I agree with your assessment. I think he's been pretty good. Has he Has he been great? Uh, no, but I, I don't know uh, that he can't be. Uh, I think that, you know, he, he has an ability maybe to take the game to another level. Uh, but he's still relatively inexperienced. I mean, you know, the, the yeah. starts now are, are starting to accumulate. 
uh, a little bit for him. Um, you know, seems like he's going, it seems to me that he's going to the right places uh, with the football in the passing game. I wonder a little bit with the, with the zone read stuff, whether he's, and it's, it's, uh, he might be, uh, I, I don't, I, it, I think from our perspective, it's sort of hard to see whether he's uh, making the right reads in that uh, all the time or not. Um, you know, he's got a better view of it from where he stands, obviously. Uh, but, but I think he's been okay. Um, you know, uh, for Purdue, I think offensively, you know, the uh, trying to find an identity has been a little bit of an issue, but sustaining drives has been the the big problem. I mean, in, in week one, it was converting third downs in, in week two, they, you know, really just had a couple of drives in which they converted third downs and then, you know, sustaining drives here uh, in the loss to Syracuse was uh, difficult because of turnovers. To me, that's the, the big issue. Can you put a drive together that has eight, nine, 10, 12 plays that results in points? That's where they, in my opinion, have a, have had an issue offensively. See, that's the issue. I think it's hard to ask an offense to do that time and again. Those those 10, 11, 12 play drives without having, without having some type of a snafu. Yeah. That's where you need your big playmakers, right? Your chunk yardage guys like Deion Burks. I thought they did a much better job of getting Deion Burks involved on Saturday night after he only had, I think, one catch on four targets in Blacksburg. Any way, shape, or form, they got to get the ball to Deion Burks early and often, throw it to him behind the line of scrimmage, jet sweeps, whatever. He's your best playmaker. He's got to have the ball in his hands as often as possible. And I'll be honest with you, Kyle, I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit more Tyrone Tracy running the football. Yeah. I mean, I love Devin Mockby a lot, but Tyrone Tracy brings a little something too, right? A little bit more physical, and uh, I think he's really motivated as well. So uh, he's, he, he's been a fun uh, fun guy to watch here early on. And that boy, again, that move to running back has really sat well with him. And, you know, <clears throat> we, we could talk defense. We know the issues there. They, they really just looked flummoxed in that fourth quarter, especially trying to just, just defend some simple bootlegs. Uh, nobody sets the edge, Kyle. A couple of times, Garrett Traders kept the ball on his hip and, and swung out, and there was green grass, and nobody had a clue who had the football. So, you know, for having said all these so, some things that are negative, though, when you think about it, like I said to you off the air, in the fourth quarter, Purdue was only losing, I think, 21 to 14. Then it was uh, 28 to 14, Purdue scored, of course, and missed the extra point. So it still could have just been a touchdown game you know, in the fourth quarter. So despite all that badness, all the turnovers, all the penalties, all the breakdowns, Purdue still was in that game in the fourth quarter, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, look, if you're going to try to find a silver lining in there, I think that is it, right? I mean, they had they had the ball down eight points. Yeah, um, they did. And But despite everything having gone wrong, <laughs> yeah. and so much did go wrong, and there were moments where you thought the thing was going to just totally slip away from them, Yet they they made some plays to get themselves back in the game. Now, ultimately, it was not enough, and ultimately, uh, turnovers and penalties, albeit maybe a bad call on a pass interference, uh, 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 ultimately undid the chance for a comeback. But um, but despite everything, they they were still in the game, which uh, which is at least something. Yeah, defensively, I thought that was a it was a disappointment, um, sort of not be able to take another step after being good 
the week before against the Hokies. Now, Syracuse is much better than Virginia Tech, clearly, uh, and much more dynamic offensively. And that quarterback is, and Schrader is is much better than I thought he was, and played a, a really good game. He he really gave Purdue a lot of trouble. Yeah, he looked good. You know, big guy can run it a little bit. He had his career at Mississippi State. So yeah, Purdue's got to turn the page here. Badgers coming off a nice home win against Georgia Southern. Of course, they lost at Washington State a couple weeks ago. I think their fan base may be a little restless. Luke Fickle, first-year head coach. They have a new offense. They're trying to throw it a little bit more. A guy named Phil Longo is their offensive coordinator. Comes with a big rep. They have the transfer quarterback from SMU, Tanner Mordecai. So, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a challenge for the Boilermakers here. And uh, obviously, you get the win. You're you're back. You're back on schedule if you're Purdue. If you want to get six or seven wins, a yep. loss, and boy, one and three with Illinois coming to town for homecoming on September 30th. So, goes without saying that this game obviously looms very large for Purdue. Yeah, let's take a quick break here. We'll talk a little bit more about the Badgers. Talk the schedule too in a in a shortened week. We'll do that all uh, coming up next on Gold and Black Radio. On the far end of Main Street in downtown Lafayette, you'll find East End Grill, industrial and classic. The restaurant is built like a steakhouse, but handles like a bistro. East End Grill's menu includes creative starters, simple chopped salads, burgers, fresh fish, and steaks, and the signature shrimp and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals that incorporate fresh, local, and seasonal ingredients. A warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar, dinner with family, or a special event in the private dining room, the energized and attentive staff is here for you. Eastern Grill in downtown Lafayette, welcome to our table. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. AcrePro Midwest Farm Group is your local farmland specialist. With decades of experience in Indiana agriculture, no one knows the market better. Whether you're doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland, your local AcrePro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. Visit AcrePro.com or call 765-775-6502 and talk to your local land expert today. Again, 765-775-6502. At Purdue Federal Credit Union, it's about a relationship. A relationship that goes where you go, wherever you are in life. A relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner for life. Federally insured by NCUA. All right, Tom, the Friday night game in Ross-Ade Stadium under the lights, uh, second straight week uh, with the uh, the lights on uh, in the stadium. But this is a short week. Uh, what's what's different in, in Purdue's schedule uh, with the one less day of, of preparation? And it, it didn't really make us privy, but I'm, I'm guessing this, everything had to move up a day, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, Monday became Sunday, Tuesday became Monday, et cetera, et cetera, as far as our on-field, off-field prep stuff goes. Maybe, maybe it's good it gets here quick, right? Turn the page, move forward if you're Purdue. And uh, you, you, you want to do that, get that taste out of your mouth from last week. So um, the challenges are big. We talked about them a little bit already. Always a big offensive line for the Badgers, too. And, you know, for Purdue, Kyle, um, they suffered a pretty big injury 
uh, Kadron Jenkins, <coughs> number four, did not play in the second half on Saturday night. It's the same, some type of an injury. Don't know the extent of it yet. He's probably been the best defensive player so far, one of the best pass rushers in America. So certainly if he's out, that would be a big blow to the Boilermakers. So we hope to get an update today on number four. Yeah, he's been really good. Um, and a you know, guy who seems to really have embraced playing that position. He goes out there and man, he works hard, it seems like he yeah. There was the one sequence where he chased what was it? He chased a guy down on the sideline that had a I think on the next play or very soon after that. Then you have a tackle for loss or a sack in there. I think it was a couple, it was a good series of a couple of He's plays been, yeah. for him. He's been very good, Kyle. And those two cornerbacks they got out of the portal, <clears throat> Marquise Brown, Marquise Wilson, they've been outstanding too. So they've been, they've been real good finds for Purdue. I think OC Brothers is having a nice year and inside linebacker as well. And, and they have a pretty healthy rotation on the D line too. A lot of, a lot of bodies are playing good depth, good size. So I think, again, there's a lot there to work defensively. It's a matter of getting that scheme sorted out, I think. Wisconsin's under new leadership as well with Luke Fickle. The The Badgers are 2-1, and one, though I, I don't think that Wisconsin feels like it has played football very well through the first three weeks, now played well enough in the second half against mm -hmm. Georgia Southern last week to sort of make that a, a, a runaway after what was a, a struggle for the first what, 35 minutes or so. Um, this will be an interesting look for, for these two teams on Friday night because uh, both of them feel, I mean, Purdue certainly feels like it needs a victory, um, obviously. But Wisconsin also probably just feels like, A, it needs a victory. B, it needs to play better football. Yeah. It's interesting to see how that all shakes out on Friday. Maybe it's good for Purdue's getting Wisconsin early on, right, while they're still trying to feel their roads or find their way, if you will. Uh, under Luke Fickle, like I said, a lot like Purdue, they've kind of had a little up and down first month of the season here. Like I mentioned, the new offense in particular, like um, Ryan Walters, of course, Luke Fickle is a defensive coach, really cut his teeth on that side of the ball. So many years at Ohio State, of course, the successful head coach at Cincinnati, too. So it's going to be a fun matching of, of the minds here to see which of these new coaches has their team. Most ready to go here Friday night. All right, Tom. Sounds good. Sounds like your voice is a little bit better. Yes, sir. Uh, good news as well. <laughs> and brother. everybody, too. Yeah, and everybody, uh, keep your eye out. There could be some some recruiting news tonight. Oh, there you go. There you go. How about that, Dan? There you go. That's that? a nice <laughs> tease. That's my cherry on top. There you go. All right. Thanks, Tom. Take care, buddy. That'll do it for our podcast for this week. A thanks to our sponsors. As always, if you do like the podcast, please rate us five stars on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a comment as well. All right, that'll do it for our show. For Tom Deanhart, I'm Kyle Charters. Thanks for listening. This is Golden Black Radio.